So, we've got the podcast today for you. And, and Stu, how would you describe uh, the... Uh, the podcast. Well, I, if you're listening okay. to this podcast and you happen to be standing on a chair and you're fashioning a rope around a <laughs> around a beam, right? I would say this is not the podcast for you today. <laughs> today, <laughs> today, today, you should listen to it. But get down from the chair and maybe yeah. take the rope down. Get to a happy place before Let's you listen say to this you're, one. Uh, <laughs> you're just uh, you're getting ready to go to bed and you have a bottle of a lot of sleeping pills. Yeah. Don't don't not, listen to it. Not today. Uh, running a warm bath, and you have the old-fashioned kind of razor blade. Yeah. Don't uh, listen. Uh, one of the um, one of the things we do talk about that kind of puts you in this mode a little bit yeah. is a podcast you can get on this feed uh, tomorrow. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's with James Lindsay. A conversation with James Lindsay. He's been on the show before, but th- this is a different sort of conversation. Yeah. He's yeah, a, from a really logical mathematician, liberal, you know, never voted for a Democrat or a Republican before, um, and and said to me, um, I am absolutely terrified about what a Joe Biden administration means for this country. He said, I, I see no breaks with Donald Trump. He said, but I only see an accelerator for uh for joe biden and the world he describes is not pretty and on today's show and just kind of teasing that and talking about it i kind of almost let slip something that uh i told Stu. hey when i say this on the air get ready to pack up (laughs) and i almost said it today Uh, is a nat it just started to come out naturally and i i didn't uh, but you'll hear that you'll hear that moment and what led up to that moment, and uh, hopefully you will uh, agree and be able to wake up some of your friends to where we are. Also, we have we do have some fun on today's show. You don't want to miss this or the Friday uh, uh, you know get together with us the Friday special uh, on Blaze TV. Uh, Stu's doing a deep investigation on <laughs> on how the hell. Was I admitted into the Radio Hall of Fame? I was not able, I'll be, spoiler alert, was not able to figure it out. Uh, but uh, blazetv.com slash Glenn. We're going actually back to, through the show's history. If you're a fan of the show, you've been around uh, listening to Glenn for a long time. You're going to appreciate this one. Uh, myself, uh, Glenn, Pat, uh, if we Jeffy. Can fit Jeffy into the studio. Yeah. The studio's only 19,000 square feet. So. so so probably not, but maybe on Skype. Uh, we'll, we'll get Jeffy on as well. It's going to be a fun uh, fun day of uh, talking about uh, the last what, 20, 30 years of radio and TV uh, throughout this journey. And a fun, been fun. And yeah. a fun one. So listen to today, uh, this podcast, Don't Kill Yourself, and then have some laughs with us uh, about how absurd the world is that I'm in the Radio Hall of Fame. Classic. She's a congressional candidate, um, and she has just made a and released a campaign ad that is fantastic. Here, here's a bit of it. Listen. This is Baltimore, the real Baltimore. This is the reality for Black people every single day: crumbling infrastructure, abandoned homes, poverty, and crime. Baltimore has been run by the Democrat Party for 53 years. What is the result of their decades of leadership? 
Baltimore is one of the top five most dangerous cities in America. The murder rate in Baltimore is 10 times the Jeez. U.S. average. The Baltimore poverty rate is over 20%. Homicide, drug, and alcohol deaths are skyrocketing in our city. Do you believe Black Lives Matter? I do. The vast majority of crime in Baltimore is perpetrated against black people who make up 60% of the population. So why don't we care about our communities? The Democrat Party have betrayed the black people of Baltimore. If the politicians walk the streets like I do, they would see exactly how their policies and corruption affects us. Okay, I want to talk to uh, Kim Klasik, uh, who is uh, with us now. Baltimore City has the highest number of black Republicans for city council and Republicans running for city council in the country. Uh, she is running in a district that has voted for Democrats since 1953. Kim, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm I'm great. I was so happy to see your success with this video. And I think that th- this video and that approach needs to be the national approach uh, because it just reeks of the truth. How is it connecting in your community? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for this opportunity. Um, there's been a lot of people that are now just ready to listen um, you know, since that video dropped, it, it was a shock to us that it was even going to do so well. I just put that out. Um, but since it's dropped, people are saying, you know what? She's not lying about what's going on here. Um, we do need something different. And so now that we're not on this uh, coronavirus pandemic lockdown, uh, we're able to go door to door, face to face, tell people about what we're trying to do as far as tax credits, job training, law and order, you know, all that good stuff that hasn't, uh, that's really just sensible policies. And people are like, you know what, I want the same thing. So maybe I should consider voting for you. Towards the end of this, um, this uh, viral ad that you made, you talk to uh, people on the streets in, in your district, in that community. And uh, how hard was it to find people when you said, do you want to defund the police? How hard was it to find people saying, good heavens, no. Actually, we didn't find anyone that wanted to defund the police. You know, those people came outside because they saw us saw shooting uh, across the street from where they were. Um, and they came over to talk to us and, and ask us what we were doing. We told them. Um, and then, you know, Betty Johnson, he's the one that did that video. He's with Turning Point. Um, he said, you know, could I talk to you guys on camera about defunding the police? And that moment when you see that gentleman talking about losing three sons to gun violence in Baltimore, we had no idea that was what he was going to say. You know, the, the camera was rolling and uh, we were just in shock. And so, you know, people don't understand a lot of the crimes are, are perpetrated against other black people in these communities. So the last thing black people want is less police. They want more police. So uh, how how is this translating, do you think? Do you think that this is a message that is being heard and felt in black communities? Is, is Black Lives Matter, uh, which is a corporation and very well funded by a bunch of old white guys uh, and has nothing to do with helping uh, black people, uh, in my opinion, um, yeah. is, is this... Is this being exposed in the black community? Is it starting to register with people that way? That's not what they say it is. Is this a a movement that we might see around the country? 
I mean, I hope so. You know, we're actually going to put together a video talking about what Black Lives Matter stands for, because I don't think anybody really knows um, what their views are, their mission. You have to know it, you know, just by going to their website. And one of the big things that they push is they're against family structure. We need family structure. That's the first thing on our list in uh, Baltimore City. So we're going to do a video kind of exposing what they're about, who's been funding them, where those funds actually go. Um, and so we're just going to lay it all out and start telling the truth to people. You know, the mainstream media is very good at dominating uh, the message. And that message isn't actually what the voiceless and, and people in this community uh, want to even have, you know, for them. They, they want something totally different. You know, the lack of career opportunities is first and foremost. Yet, you know, Democrat leadership in, in Baltimore never talks about it. My opponent, Kawaisi Nfume, he's been in Congress now, sworn in nine months ago, hasn't done anything. But he's making noise about the post office. You know, what about the homicides, the murders? You know, so people are listening, and I think they're ready to, to look at other options. Kim Klasik, um, Kim K for Congress.com is how you can find out more and donate to her campaign if you wish to do that. Kim K for Congress.com. Um, Kim, any thoughts on the DNC uh, message and Joe Biden and everything that have you been following it this week? I assume you have. Yeah, I mean, I saw the interview with uh, or the, the speech from Michelle Obama talking about how hard it is to be black in America and the victimization message that she had from her mansion in Martha's Vineyard. You know, uh, <laughs> me, how, how the Obama family could go to the White House, you know, with not much money and then leave uh, as multimillionaires. You know, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? I didn't pay attention to it a lot. I think President Trump's going to going to win in uh, November 3rd. And so. Um, I'm just here to support him, support his message, and we're going to keep, uh, keep trucking ourselves. Thanks a lot, Kim. I appreciate it. Kim K for Kim K for Congress dot com. Kim K for Congress dot com. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Lay the article out. So, uh, as we saw on the uh, the third night of the DNC, right away they started pushing. Uh, gun control. They had some survivors of, of gun violence on to talk about why more restrictions, uh, you know, to firearms is needed, especially because uh, the, you know the recent crime waves that certain cities are experiencing. And, and as I wrote, well, that only tells half the story because uh, as you know, I was on the ground in Minneapolis during the height of the riots back in late May, uh, and I saw firsthand how. Uh, the, the Minneapolis Police Department completely abandoned whole sections of the city. And this was before the state police and the National Guard really came out in force. So, you know, entire sectors of the city were at the mercy of rioters and looters. And we saw just how widespread that destruction, uh, you know, we saw how widespread that was. And so uh, the really the only places that survived in terms of businesses and even some homes uh, was because they had firearms. And, and NPR actually did a very good story on uh, a Latino group uh, on Lake Street, which is on one of the main streets where uh, all that destruction happened. Uh, it was a Latino group that had firearms to protect their businesses, uh, but also because there were apartments up above the businesses. So, you know, them setting the business on fire wasn't just going to hurt them financially, but it was going to affect them, you know, personally, whether what their lives are being homeless. And so... Uh, basically what, what we're seeing is, and as you alluded to in, 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 the, in your preview, was that we're now having this backdrop of gun control in addition to defunding the police. And as we've seen in all these cities where 
they've defunded or gotten rid some of their policing units to appease the mob, the defund the police mob, uh, they've seen an increase in gun crime. And, and, and so what, what I'm saying is that it's completely tone deaf and out of touch for the DNC to say, you guys can't have certain firearms and you also can't have your police, but vote for us and you'll be safer. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. So do we have any common sense left in us anymore, though? I mean, there are so many things that are diametrically opposed to the truth right now that we're being asked to swallow. And it seems to me that people are swallowing it. I, I think so, too, unfortunately. Um, and because, and, you know, in my in my travels around the country recently from from Seattle to Atlanta, New York City, uh, it's it's really concerning to see how they see defunding the police as a solution to this, this problem you know, of police brutality. Uh, you know, I, I myself was a, a victim of that. I got shot with a rubber bullet by a state trooper. Uh, during the height of the riots in Minneapolis. So uh, I don't, you know, I'm not saying that police brutality isn't a problem. However, it's the, the, the their solution is going to end up hurting more minorities uh, because a lot of the victims of the, of this recent crime wave that America is experiencing are minorities. And so I, I really don't know why they, they continue to insist that defunding the police is the solution to, to their problems. So you see this this record breaking pace of guns and ammunition sales around the country. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like every month it breaks the last month's record. Uh, and it is because people feel unsafe. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people uh, that are like, I'm going to the Fort Worth gun show this weekend just because I want something I can do with my family. So we're going to go out there. Um, but I think that includes a lot of people that already have guns. But there are people that have never had gun, never wanted to have guns that are mm-hmm. now that are now buying it. How does the how how will that wash? Let's just say my biggest nightmare happens and uh, Biden uh, and that crew wins and they start taking away guns because people are protecting themselves. H- how is that going to work exactly without civil war and i don't mean just from the right but i mean even people on the left that now own guns yeah i I mean hopefully it doesn't it doesn't reach that point but i mean and and that's why i wrote the piece is is because because of those record number of sales of firearms and ammunition it's not just people who already have guns there's a lot more new gun owners out now than it was back in may and so uh, the DNC, because you have to remember, right, Joe Biden said that uh, Beto O'Rourke was going to be essentially his gun controls are like he was going to lead that effort in his administration. And, and Beto said that, you know, he said, that, you know, hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. Uh, and, and people aren't going to be too happy with that, especially if their police department is massive, massively understaffed because of budget cuts uh, and because of the crime still being very high, higher than normal. And, and so, I mean, we've seen this in Minneapolis now uh, where the city council is moving to completely get rid of it. Uh, the Star Tribune said that uh, crime has reached unprecedented levels uh, since, you know, from the past 10 years. So people aren't, aren't going to stand for it. And, and, you know, I really think that this is going to be uh, a very key issue that's going to drive out voters uh, because, I mean, Gun, you know, gun rights has just been always been uh, a big driving 
force four people to vote. But I think now more than ever, especially because there's more new gun owners than before, I think this is going to be an issue that voters are definitely going to be looking at. Uh, we're talking to Julio Rosas. He's uh, a senior writer at townhall.com. Have you been watching the convention this this week? I, ha- I unfortunately had to watch it. Yes. <laughs> That's the way everyone I know answers it. Yeah, I have to watch it. Um, tell me what your impressions are walking away. Upside, downside, what they do well, what, what, what is the taste left, do you think, in the average Democrat's mouth and the average American mouth? So I mean, it was all virtual, uh, uh, and so there, there were a few technical glitches, but overall I think the, the, the virtual side of things went pretty smoothly, except, I mean, of course, they had to duplicate uh, people clapping for, for Harris's speech, so that was, that was pretty funny to watch. But in terms of in terms of like what's being people are taking away from it, I mean, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, you, people are not really excited about the Harris Biden ticket or, or the Biden Harris ticket because uh, they 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 just don't really have the same enthusiasm as they did for maybe some of the other more younger, more diverse candidates that that they saw. And really, the the only thing that they're really having to run on is just like, oh, let's just get rid of Trump, which sure you know is something that they. New voters do want, but they also want more outside of that. Uh, and so Biden's speech did touch on that a little bit, but it was just very general. It wasn't too specific. Uh, so I don't think the enthusiasm is still there. I mean, again, people are very upset at Trump for a lot of things in their eyes. And so I, I think that's still going to drive votes. But in terms of, okay, they got rid of him. So what's the after, uh, you know, build back better. I mean, right. what does that mean? And is there I'm a, not- is there a, um, a movement that is real? Do you think from the left and the Marxist and the, and the Sanders people that they would come out and vote for Joe Biden? Do you think that strategy will work? I, I don't really think so, because, again, from what I've seen in, in Portland and Seattle and Minneapolis, they, they really do not like the Democratic Party because they don't think that they are progressive enough. And so that's why they wanted Sanders. Um, but even then, again, some of the more radical elements, they don't even like Sanders because he's not progressive and right. radical enough. And so uh, I, I don't think that they're going to have that really good har- you know, harmony of coalitions between you know the Biden wing and, and the more progressive AOC, Sanders part of the party um just because again you know biden didn't to give it a quick example biden doesn't really want to defund police departments whereas you know the more progressive side of things and radical side they want to completely get rid of it so you know they're not going to be happy with just you know shifting some money here and there they you know just even on this you know hot topic issue that that we've been talking about recently uh they're on just the complete opposite sides of it who in your opinion is the alpha dog if biden would win uh, is it the Chuck Schumer's, Nancy Pelosi's of the world, or is it the radicals? Who's the alpha I, dog? Who will really be controlling that? I think you. I, I mean, I think it would just be the, the the more radical elements because remember, these are the people that are willing to go out and protest for days on end, and they're willing to put the pressure on on the more moderate parts of the party. I mean, you just look at Portland. Right? I mean, we're about to reach a hundred days of protests and riots straight. And I wouldn't be surprised if it goes until the election. And so they're the ones willing to put in the groundwork to put the pressure on the party. And we've seen them uh, capitulate on, on the local and state level. So, I w- you know, all they need to do is just protest 
for days on end, and I can easily see Biden just, you know, just t- bending a knee to the mob and just doing what they want. Is there a is there a line that you think Americans won't cross? For instance, they're now starting to be in just regular neighborhoods, and they're starting to these mobs are starting to intimidate just people in the suburbs. Uh, waking them up in the middle of the night, marching through their streets, and no one's coming. The police aren't coming to help. Um, mm-hmm. it, to me, that's a very frightening line that should wake a lot of people up and go, okay, all right, this is this is craziness. But it's not happening yet. Do you think there is a line or, you know, in the terms of alcoholics, uh, some people's some people's bottom is death or suicide. Do we have a bottom? Uh, I mean, I, I certainly hope that the, the, that there is a line at some point because you're right. We, we've seen, I mean, again, just to point to Portland, they were targeting the federal courthouse for weeks, but, you know, they got tired of that. And so now, I mean, just, just last night, they were going through uh, neighborhoods, waking people up. And we've seen it in Seattle. Uh, they were saying that reparations were coming. They were demanding that the white uh, residents hand over their houses over to the black residents and, uh, so it's it's reaching it's going to reach a boiling point, and we saw a little bit with the McCloskeys in St. Louis, right? I mean yeah. they 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 broke in into their area into a private residence, and so they they didn't want to they didn't want they didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know who these people were, and so uh, we saw a little bit of that boiling over. And you know, thankfully, no one was hurt in that incident. But the more and more that this happens, the more the more likely there's going to be a chance of someone getting becoming cross with the wrong group and and you know unfortunately something might happen and you know i hope it doesn't reach that point but this is just going to continue until someone and i don't think it's going to pause until unless someone gets hurt and uh you know we don't want to see that happen but buttons are continually to be pushed uh julio thank you so much thanks for being on the program with us and thanks for all of your um, your reporting and good writing um at townhall.com this is the best of the glenn beck program I want to introduce you to somebody who is uh, an investigative reporter that I think that actually means something to this individual, uh, creator of the hit YouTube show Lives Matter. He's got millions of views across all social media platforms, uh, and he is out on the street doing interviews and real time reporting at the protests and the riots all across America. His name is Drew Hernandez. And Drew is with us now. Um, I, I want to go over one of the stories that uh, that uh, you covered uh, from uh, Portland uh, that this driver was pulled out of a truck. And it's an amazing story. All he wanted to do was get a drink at uh, the uh, 7-Eleven. Hi, Drew. How are you? Good morning, Glenn. Thank you for having me. You bet. Um, tell me. Tell me the story and what happened. I, I know this has gone viral, but in case people don't know. Yeah, let me provide full context uh, because it seems like context just doesn't matter in this day and age. So let me provide for your viewers this morning. So I was uh, reporting uh, on Sunday this evening. Um, Black Lives Matter um, specifically had a rally in front of the Justice Center in downtown Portland. So they had a guest speaker this night, and the guest speaker uh, was extremely vile, uh, was spewing violent rhetoric. She was saying things like she believes that police officers that she doesn't like uh, should be electrocuted. Uh, she wished that mm. when they were babies that they would have had their uh, umbilical cords strangle them when they were babies. She said that she's uh, at war with America, and she did say that she's willing by any means necessary, and she repeated it many times, 
by any means, any means necessary to achieve her goal of justice and her mission. So this was the kind of rhetoric, Glenn, that was being preached before, like about an hour and a half before these acts took place. So about an hour and a half later in front of the Justice Center, in front of the federal courthouse, they're right next to each other, literally right next to each other. Um, there were these Black Lives Matter. Uh, they were attending the rally. Uh, they, I don't know if they were activists, protesters. Uh, they were definitely demonstrators. Uh, these three men, um, they started to aggressively accuse this young white uh, individual of recording them right in front of the courthouse. And they got extremely aggressive. And, and Marquise Love, the guy that actually kicked the truck driver in the head, actually initiated this. Uh, this individual that I'm speaking of that got aggressively escorted out of the protest was not the truck driver. This is how it all started, Glenn. So they start aggressively uh, escorting this young white man out of the area of the Justice Center, accusing him of recording them. They're saying, we're going to beat you up. If you run away, we're going to chase you down and beat you. This is all on footage on my YouTube channel from beginning to end. And so they did. Uh, they start beating him in the middle of an intersection in front of a 7-Eleven. Um, and at that point, when they were first physically assaulting this young white man, uh, this is when you see the trans woman. Uh, we don't know exactly what she identifies as. I don't think she's come forward to my knowledge yet. But she started defending this first individual, saying, just let him go. Let him run away. It's enough. Enough is enough. So then the Black Lives Matter militants, their anger shifted towards her. And she felt threatened because out of nowhere, this whole mob starts to threaten her just for standing up for someone. They start calling for other people to come from the protest, females, uh, to come and handle her, I guess. And so that's what happened. They started to mug her. They, they looted her stuff. They took her bag, her skateboard, um, and she, got a, she started defending herself with pepper spray. Um, I would have, too, if I was being mugged on the street for no reason and just being a good Samaritan. And so at that point, they started teeing off on her, Glenn, in front of the 7-Eleven. They get her on the floor. They start punching her, kicking her, uh, getting aggressive with her. And that, Glenn, is what led to this truck driver. He then stepped in. He was just hanging out on the corner the whole time. A lot of these people were. And because, he stepped into the Okay, hang on just a second. Because the truck driver, he, he said that he just, he was there. He supports Black Lives Matter. Uh, and uh, was just wanting to go get a drink. And, uh, but when he saw what was happening, he was like, hey, guys, guys, knock it off, right? I mean, he was, yep. he's not yep. an antagonist to Black Lives Matter. Yep. 100%, Glenn. Dude was just hanging out, just chilling. Uh, Sunday night, dudes are just hanging out on the corner and in front of 7-Eleven. Just, just, this was brought to them, Glenn. That's why the context is needed. This, this mob was brought to them. So when they started physically assaulting this trans woman, this is when Adam Hayner started defending her, trying to calm down the situation, trying to de-escalate it, not aggressively, not in a mean or demeaning or even disrespectful way. You could tell he was genuinely trying to calm this situation down. They already beat her up. Enough was enough. But then their anger shifted towards him and his wife or his girlfriend, and they started teeing off on them. Uh, they, they punched his girlfriend in the face multiple times, uh, tackled her on the ground. I believe she had a hairline fracture on her ribs because of it. Uh, they were punching him in the face through his truck. And this is where Antifa, and I specifically call them out because this is what they do, on Twitter was trying to say when Adam got in his truck, oh, he just showed up to run over a bunch of black people because he was a white supremacist. Absolutely not. He got in his truck because his wife or his girlfriend was getting mobbed and beat up in the street. 
So he got in his truck to try to evade the situation. And if you watch the footage, he's even very careful and cautious when he's driving away. He doesn't even hit the gas instantly. I mean, I don't know, Glenn, if I was in a situation like that, where I'm being mobbed by a bunch of people, regardless of skin color, I mm-hmm. probably would have jumped in my car and evaded quickly. Mm-hmm. This guy had some serious patience, Glenn. Yeah. And that's what he did. And they chased him down the street until he finally crashed. And uh, what you see in the video is exactly what happened. They started to beat him. They took him to the ground multiple times and eventually dealt that ridiculous kick to the head, which in my case was a borderline attempted execution. It was completely uncalled for, Glenn, because to give you some nuance, Adam was already on the floor. He, he, was, he was begging them uh, to allow him to even use his phone to call his girlfriend to find where she was. He was already throwing mm. up the white flag, Glenn. It was so uncalled for at that point when they came up from behind him and kicked him in the head. That's why I'm saying some pretty uh, aggressive statements by claiming that I believe it was a borderline attempted execution. He could have died, Glenn. Well, he woke up. Didn't he wake up in an ICU three days later? Yeah, he did. And he, he you know, his, his girlfriend did an interview um, and she is indicating that he uh, he didn't even know that his truck was totaled. I think she made the statement saying that I think he just believed that. Uh, his, his truck had a dent, and that was about it. So he, he is he is displaying some form of memory loss. I would be shocked if he didn't have some kind of long-term uh, effects because of this. Um, but I guess we'll see in the next upcoming days. And, and, and I will say this, Glenn, is I, I hope the media shows him some compassion and mercy. Uh, because when you, get, when you get beat up like that, um, your head is, is not going to all be there like the next couple days. I, I think we have to give him some time to really gather his thoughts. Um, and see where he's at so he can really uh, talk about what happened. Well, this should you know, be a this should be an open and shut case because you have it all on video. This is being yeah. contested and you're like, look, here it is raw. I'll show you exactly yeah, and, the sequence of events. It's raw right here. Exactly. Glenn. And, and that's why, you know, because I know how the media works and that's why I released the video with no commentary. I didn't release it as a podcast. I didn't release it with uh, any opinion or even, uh, you know, going play by play, just even talking about what happened. I just released what happened and people need to watch it for themselves. That's it. You make your own decision. I didn't edit it. That's body cam footage from beginning to end. And people could make their own uh, uh, opinions uh, based off of what they're watching and seeing. And that's how I wanted to leave it. Uh, it's a um, you. You said this name, but I just want to emphasize: Marquise Love is the name of the guy who delivered an NFL football kick uh, to the head, um, and he's a 25-year-old former security guard. Now, the truck driver said, I, "I'm not seeking vengeance against him. I just i i karma will take care of him, and i I hope he learns something." They are pursuing uh, Marquise Love, are they not? I mean, charges are yeah. going to be filed, right? I mean, you know, Glenn, it's Portland. Jeez. I don't know. You know, it's Portland. That's all I got to say is their justice system is corrupt to the core. And I know a lot of DHS agents. I know a lot of police officers that are listening to me in Portland right now are probably agreeing with what I'm saying. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, definitely, there is a lot of incriminating evidence that this guy should be put behind bars for a very long time. Um, but like I said, Glenn, it's Portland. It's Portland. I, I don't know. A lot of these kids, 
violent Antifa criminals. They're committing arson. They're committing attempted murder on federal buildings. Uh, they're trying to light federal buildings on fire while they're occupied with human beings. And they're getting slapped on the wrist. And, and that's not the police fault. Uh, I blame I, I blame the uh, local officials that have the ability to carry out those kind of not only arrests, but, uh, you know, the punishment that comes from that. So I would like to see not only Marquis Love brought to justice, and I think Adam Hayner is trying to play it smart, um, which I think he should, because Portland's corrupt. Um, I think he's trying to avoid another beating. Um, but, you know, respect to him however he wants to handle it. But um, I, 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 would, I would love to see the rule of law. Uh, I would love to see that hammer come down hard on every single criminal that's in that video. Because, Glenn, this is America, Glenn. It's like you're watching a video, you know, from like Juarez, Mexico or something. It, it, to me, it's embarrassing. It makes me embarrassed to know that this is being allowed in my country. Yeah. I, Why are we allowing this? I was going to say, you know, I, I, we've seen riots. We've seen things. But there is no justice now. There, There seems to be no justice. The... The, this is it's turning into a banana republic. It is uh, as if the uh, the drug cartels are here and ruling the streets and the justice system isn't doing anything because it's all bought off. Uh, it's the same thing, except there's no drugs involved <laughs> that we know about. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Drew, I, I appreciate it. Are you worried for your safety? Absolutely, Glenn. I've been physically assaulted uh, by Antifa once. Um, they threaten me. They confront me. They threaten my life face to face while I've been out there. Um, I, I've even been, and you know, no disrespect, I, I make this statement because I want America to see just how successfully Antifa is subverting the First Amendment. I have also, because I go undercover, I, I have been, uh, you know, hit pretty hard by police officers because I go undercover. And I don't blame them, Glenn. This is the point I want to make. Antifa poses as press. They run around masquerading with press badges as if they're actually press, but they're not. Some of them do that on purpose so they can get closer to police to throw paintballs at them, to throw, uh, they fill, they fill little light bulbs or light bulbs the size of softballs with white paint and they throw them in police officers faces so they can discombobulate them and attack them. They masquerade as press so they can get up and close and commit these things. Or they masquerade as press so they can get up and close on the riot lines so they can get in the way of the police officers trying to deal with the threats behind them. And sometimes when I'm undercover, Glenn, I, I get caught in the crossfire uh, because I can't wear a press badge now because police officers don't know who is who. And I think Antifa is successfully subverting the First Amendment this way. It, it's a pretty serious situation, Glenn. I think people don't realize you know, a lot of reporters like myself and, you know, like Elijah Schaefer was slightly offensive in Blaze, our lives are on the line out here because the First Amendment is being subverted. That's our protection, Glenn, and we're losing it. We're losing it, Glenn, and, and, and it's, it's seriously a concern, and I think there's a fight that has to be made uh, to preserve our First Amendment right. I, obviously, all of our American civil rights, but th there, there does seem to be a Marxist uh, attack um, on our First Amendment right now. And, and I'm not afraid to say that because I think there's a lot of sufficient evidence to prove so. Oh, there's more than enough. Drew, thank you so much. Thank you for your bravery, your courage, and uh, for all the work you do. And please look at uh, us as uh, help. Uh, if you ever need anything, you just reach out to me. Thank you, Drew. The